Good morning, everyone. Good morning. My name is Kara E, associate pastor, new associate pastor here at Kearney UMC. Uh, you can call me just uh, Kiare, just say fast, Kiare, Kiare, that's it. So it's nice to see all of you uh, this morning on my second Sunday with my first sermon with you. You know, I look forward to getting to know each of you in the, uh, in the coming weeks and months. And please forgive me if I, you know, if I forget your names. I'll try my best to learn you quickly. Before diving into the sermon, I'd like to briefly share with you my personal background. As you can probably tell, I'm not from here originally. I was born in Korea, South Korea, to Christian life, Christian family. And my dad is both Korean Methodist pastor and a professor. And my mom is super religious. So you can probably, you know, guess how I was raised, right? <laughs> right. That's why church wasn't a place I encountered God uh, personally. It was more like a weekly chore I had to do, you know, growing up. So it was not until the high school that I accepted Jesus Christ as my, you know, personal savior for my life. And I was at the church retreat when my heart felt strangely warmed. And for the first time in my life, I understood what Jesus had done for me, for my life. And that at the retreat, I surrendered my life to Jesus and vowed to serve him for the rest of my life. So I ended up uh, doing ministry in praise and worship as a gospel singer since I initially thought to myself, you know, like it's, uh, singing for God is my calling. So I did it for about 12 years in Korea, and, but I wasn't really, you know, famous or anything. <laughs> but I uh, can't talk about my faith journey without mentioning music. So I want to sing, you know, to you and to God So right now. Testing, testing. Yep. The blood that Jesus shed for me way back on Calvary the blood that gives me strength from day to day he will never lose his power. It reaches to the highest mountain. It flows to the lowest valley. But the blood that gives me strength from day to day he will never lose his power he soothes my doubts and calms my fears 
and it's rise almighty the blood that gives me strength from day to day he will never lose his power he reaches to the highest highest mountain it flows to the lowest valley the blood that gives me strength from day to day he will never lose his power it reaches to the highest mountain it flows to the lowest valley the blood that gives me strength from day to day he will never lose he will never lose he will never eventually graduated from Seoul Theological University in Korea with a bachelor's degree and went to a Methodist Theological Seminary my dad had taught you know for my master's degree and during my time attending seminary and graduating I was a singer as you you know listen to me so I had a greater passion about singing rather than you know pastoral ministry in spite of the fact that uh, God kept leading me towards the path to ordained ministry. So I came to the United States to study abroad uh, about nine years ago. And while, stu while studying there, I strongly felt that God made me engage in ministry in the United States rather than in Korea. So in 2019, I ended up serving in Marquand, Rhodes Chapel, and Glen Allen United Methodist Church. And I was ordained as an elder last month. So my wife, Hejong, who had been involved in ministry with me, was a great help in uh, serving those churches. And um, my wife was actually a broadcast writer in Korea, and we crossed paths through my wife's work on a TV program. So it's been uh, 13 years since marriage, and if you are curious about us more, you must stay tuned for my next sermon on September, all right? <laughs> To be continued, All right? It's really an honor to be uh, your associate pastor here in uh, Kearney UMC in Missouri, in the heartland of America, 
while I have been here for about nine years, I'm still learning about American differences, American culture. And English is uh, still very much my second language. So if I don't know some, you know, some cultural difference or things, or American customs and traditions, please feel free to teach me, all right? I'm ready to, you know, learn from you. And if you use, if I use, you know, awkward English phrases, please don't hesitate to correct me, okay? <laughs> all right. I'm all right with that. All right, uh, part of our scripture reading for today was Psalm 121. It is also known as the Traveler's Psalm. And we call it the Traveler's Psalm because it was a song that pilgrims sang when they departed from their home villages to travel up to Jerusalem for the annual feasts. There were three big feasts that observant Jews traveled to Jerusalem for. Passover, Pentecost, and the Tabernacles. They would take offerings and sacrifices from their harvest with them, and they would offer them to God at the temple in Jerusalem. And so, the Traveler Psalm was one of the songs that the pilgrims would sing on their way to Jerusalem as they traveled. And you can imagine... The Psalm 121 being sung on the day that the pilgrim departs for their journey. So picture this traveler with, you know, the packs packed and uh, ready to head, up, head out of the city gate to Jerusalem. So it's one of those, like, uh, goodbye scene. So I can totally relate to the travelers since, you know, I traveled from South Korea to Washington, D.C. first, and to Maryland, and to Marquand in Missouri, and finally here to, you know, to Kearney. So maybe you can relate to this scene as well. For example, it may have, you know, been going off to the college, or getting married, moving to a new town, or simply moving into your own place. Otherwise, think about it. When your oldest child entered elementary school or college or, you know, moved away from home to find a job. And hugs are exchanged and perhaps lingering a little longer than usual because as the family gathers in a tight embrace and tears might shimmer in the corners of their eyes as they start to realize that they will be apart, apart for a while. The parents put on brave faces, hiding their true emotions behind smiles, while the kids, well, you know, wrestle with their own jumbled feelings. Additionally, words of encouragement and advice are shared, accompanied by heartfelt wishes for a safe and fulfilling journey. It's a moment that's all being, you know, all about being open and vulnerable where you can practically, practically feel the love and pride in the air, even if no one, no one says a word. We have all experienced a mix of emotions, right? Including excitement, nervousness, and a touch of sadness when confronted with a goodbye scene. So let's get back to the passage. The local priest is there, and so are the members of their family and the community. They have come to see the pilgrim off, to wish him well on his journey. Then the time has come for him to depart. And the traveler speaks first in verses 1 and 2. I lift up my eyes to the hills. 
where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The traveler says, look at those hills. That's where I'm going. I'm going beyond them to Mount Zion, to Jerusalem. I know it's a hard journey. I know it's, I'm going to need help. Who will help, who will help me on my way? Will the so-called gods of the nations, the gods they worship in the hills, help me? No. My help doesn't come from the hills. It comes from the one who made the hills. I'm trusting in the true and living God, the creator of everything, to be my helper. Can I get an amen? Amen, amen, amen. At the beginning of the journey, the pilgrim lets everybody know that he is trusting in the Lord to guide his way that he's placing his hopes for the journey ahead on God. After the pilgrim has spoken, it's time for those who have gathered to send him off to speak. And you can imagine the community led by the priest and singing these words of assurance in response. He will not let you fall asleep. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Amen. So the traveler's psalm becomes a simple liturgy. Song first by the traveler, and then by the, his community in response. After the pilgrim announces his intention to go to Jerusalem, trust in the Lord, the ones who surround him answers his statement of trust with words of assurance. And they, you know, assure him of the promise that he, we find in the Lord. And they send him with a benediction, the words of blessing. They give him the gospel message that the Lord is his keeper, and that God will take care of him by his grace. The Lord will be your keeper. God will protect you from stumbling. God will keep you through the dangers of the day and of the night. From the time you depart to the time you arrive, the Lord will keep you. He, we commit you into God's care and protection. So what a beautiful way to start the journey especially the new journey. At the beginning of the pilgrimage, at the time of departure, the pilgrim affirms his faith in God, and then his community proclaims that the gospel to him. Together, through this simple liturgy, they affirm that there is a true and living God who made the heavens and the earth, that this creator God cares for us, loves us. He will be present and ever vigilant in helping us in our journey through life. Can I get an amen? Amen, amen, amen. We make all kinds of journey in our lives. Some are brief and inconsequential, while others represent major changes of direction. Some are straightforward and smooth, but other journeys you know, lead us down long and winding roads of discovery and opportunity, which can sometimes be bumpy and difficult. We all know that the road can be a challenging place, right? There are dangers you know, when we are out on the road, 
and we might find ourselves in heavy traffic, or we might find ourselves out on the road all alone. We might lose the GPS signal and get lost. Right? You can tell. Mm -hmm. I also came to the United States and went through a lot of difficulties. The language was really difficult at first, initially, when I came here to study. So, you know, it was very challenging to study theology in a language that is not my mother tongue. So I feel like I majored two degrees, like languages and theology in the seminary. You know, while Americans, you know, can write a paper in an hour, I would find myself holding on to that paper all day long. So I used to think that even though I had already gone through a Master of Divinity in Korea, I sometimes felt like sense of a reality check, like wondering, you know, why I was doing this here once again. So as we all know, you know, English is the most difficult language to learn over the world, right? For example, there's no egg in the eggplant. You know, no ham in the hamburger. Neither pine nor apple in the pineapple. It's really hard to understand. <laughs> Learning English was really tough for me. So I never expected that I would end up serving at a church in English. So we never know, right? I'm here to serve you, preach for you, right? Right? Thank you. Thank you. So whatever the road may be, the traveler song teaches us that at the beginning of every new journey is the chance to remind ourselves of the true and living God who watches over us on every step of the way. Amen, amen. amen. The psalmist reminds us that whether we are tra traveling in the light or in the darkness, the Lord watches over our lives, keeping us from harm. And that's why as we begin something new, as we set to embark on this new journey together with you and me, it is, a good, it is good to pause a moment and remember that it is God who guides our way. It is God who is there for us, who cares for us, who can protect and provide for us. Amen. There is a story about monastery perched high on a cliff several hundred feet in the air. The only way to reach the monastery was to be suspended in a basket or net, which is pulled to the top by several monks who pulled and talked with all their strength. Obviously, the ride up the steep cliff in that basket was terrifying. So, one tourist got nervous about halfway up as he noticed that the rope by which he was suspended was old and frayed. With trembling voice, he asked the monk who was riding with him in the basket how often they change the rope. So the monk thought for a moment and answered, don't worry, whenever it breaks. <laughs> we definitely need to trust and have faith. We have to remember that God's grace is enough in our life journey. Can I get an amen? Amen, amen. As Apostle Paul 
the apostle refers to a specific group of individuals who are chosen by Jesus and um, commissioned by him and sent out uh, as a representatives to accomplish God's kingdom. In Paul's second letter to the Corinthians says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. The problem is not with our paycheck, our job, our situation in life, our position at work, and our church, or our family. The problem, if there is one, stems solely from us, not acknowledging that God's grace is sufficient for us. That God's grace is enough for us in our life journey. God's grace is his unmerited mercy, freely given to us despite our shortcomings and the flaws and the imperfections. It is a gift, just free gift, that we cannot earn it. But it is bestowed upon us out of God's overflowing love and mercy. You know, God's grace is not an abstract concept. When we humble ourselves before God, acknowledging our need for Him, His grace rushes in to fill the gaps in our lives. It is in moments of weakness that we can witness the strength of His grace, sustaining us, providing us with hope, healing, and recovery. We are asked to anchor ourselves in the understanding of God's sufficient grace. That the fact that all of us have made this far in life is also by God's grace. From your perspective, you know, it, it may seem like you have lived this far by your strength and ability, skills, but when you look back on your life journey, you will realize that it has all been by God's grace. The reason we are sitting here this morning is also because of God's grace. Can I get an amen? Amen, amen, amen. So it is a grace that sustains us, transforms us, and compels us to serve others in love. We are invited to embrace this gift of grace, you know, the wholeheartedly, allowing it to shape our individual lives and our life together as a church, the body of Christ. In a world where we often told to be uh, self-reliant and achieve great things on our own, it's easy to get caught up in thinking that we can handle everything, you know, on our own. But the reality is that our own strength will always, you know, come up short. It's when we admit our limitations that we find true freedom in God's grace. His grace is more than sufficient to carry us through tough times, difficult challenges, and even our darkest moments. When we fully let go and surrender to his grace, we discover a rock-solid foundation to build our lives upon. We are asked to lean on God's grace as a source, only source of strength and unity. And as we continue to embody his love in our communities and make differences in the world. You know what? God's grace is not limited to specific moments or circumstances. It is meant to be embraced in every aspect of our lives. It shapes our relationships, attitudes, and responses to the world around us. When we extend grace to others, we can mirror God's love and mercy and compassion. By embracing grace, we create an environment where forgiveness, 
empathy, and the reconciliation can thrive. The entire Christian life is like a pilgrimage, including all the days of our wandering leading up to, then continuing on from the day we come into the saving relationship with Jesus Christ. So, the traveler's song is uh, so appropriate to the journey we make as we move on towards the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. What a marvelous thing to remember. What a marvelous thing to remind ourselves of. From where does my help come from? Our help comes from the Lord. The true and living God is with us. God is with us every step of the way. We may get lost. Along the way, we may trip and stumble. We may find ourselves walking in darkness. But no matter where you are on the journey, know that you do not walk alone. God watches over us, and God walks with us. And Jesus, we, we, whom we call Emmanuel, or God with us, assures us that he is always for us and with us. Can I get an amen? Amen, amen. And Jesus invites us to take up our crosses and uh, follow him, to follow him on the journey along the way of salvation. He is the one who is guiding us as we begin this new journey together, you and me, in this ministry. And as we walk with him, we are called to invite others, others to join us as we travel along the way. Beloved brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, I'm so grateful to begin this new journey with you. May the words of the traveler psalm be our assurance both today and going forward. May we be comforted and blessed with the knowledge that God's grace is enough. And God's grace walks with us on this journey. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. We understand that the journey of our life is not always easy. But God, you are always by our side. You are by our right hand. You are the shade that protects us. We make our way firmly trusting in your words, resting assured that the sun shall not strike us by day nor the moon by night. In our journey of faith, help us confess that your grace alone is enough. In the name of Jesus Christ and people of God say, Amen.